Full-time podcast producer, episode 13, part one, where we are going to start talking about landing clients as a podcast producer. So we finally reached the topic that a lot of people want to talk about, which is landing clients, because clients means that you've got a sale. Sales means you have money, and money is the lifeblood of this business that you are wanting to start, or really any business that you're wanting to start. And I couldn't really do this topic justice because to me there are two parts, hence why this episode is broken into part one and part two. You have, on one hand, the places where you actually go to get clients, which is what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. But before you do that, you need to actually have a pitch put together. Now, we've been leading up to this point. You have already identified what it is you want to do. You've identified who it is you want to be doing it for, or at least what niches you want to be doing it for. And now's the point where you get to make pretty much a spread of what it is you offer, the value it is that you are going to be providing and including the price and all that other stuff. And if you're like me, when I got to this point, I had never made a formal proposal at all when it comes to business. This was a new concept to me. This was something that I actually had some fun with, but it it was very, very new. So I wanted to take an episode just breaking down this piece of the puzzle because this is going to be the bow that you put on everything that you've done up to this point after you've had that discovery call with someone. So this episode, we're going to break it down and I just want to go over some of the things that you should include in a proposal some of the lessons I've learned the hard way so that you don't have to learn them and just give you a nudge in the right direction. So that's what we'll be talking about here. Now, when it comes to creating a proposal, there are a lot of resources out there, whether you want to get on Canva and look around for some different outlines that you want to play with, which are free, by the way, or you can go on YouTube, see how other people have put them together, Google searches. There's all sorts of ways to do this. The route I went was I actually did get on Canva and I found two different designs that I really, really liked, two that really spoke to me. And I took them, I combined them, I actually used one for the cover page and one for the kind of closing page. And then the rest of it was from a completely different design. I just overlapped the color schemes so that they matched each other and I just started putting things together. So on the first page of your proposal, you are going to want to have a formal title. That's what I like to have. I like to have something in there, for example, Joe Schmo's podcast proposal. It doesn't have to be fancy, but this is a moment where you can make it custom to the person that you are connecting with. If they already have a show title in mind and they've gotten that far in the process, this is perhaps the first time they're ever going to see in writing a formal document that was received and delivered by someone else where it actually has their formal title of the show on it. It makes this all of a sudden a much more valuable document than perhaps it would have been before. There are other ways to make it custom, but it really just depends on the project. Another thing that you want to make sure that you do with your proposal is include the date You're going to have people go back and forth depending on the project, depending on the personality. There are going to be things they want to change. Maybe they want to remove part of your offering so they can get a better price if that's something that you're going to allow them to do. But I make sure that with every different proposal I send out, I have the date 
when it is that I'm going to be sending it out. If someone comes to me with a proposal that I gave them in January and all of a sudden it's October of the same year, which that does happen from time to time, I may have increased my prices since then, or I might have services that I now offer that I didn't offer before, or vice versa, services that I offered then but I don't do now. So I'm able to, whenever those occasions come up, say, okay, I see that this proposal is rather dated. We've had a price change or we've updated our services since then. Would you mind if I sent you an updated proposal with all the up-to-date information of exactly what it is you're wanting? The answer should be yes. And this is another opportunity to have a bargaining chip in the negotiation process. Another thing that I like to have actually on the first page that they're looking at is a project description. In there, I go ahead and I outline what it is I do. I specialize in helping podcasters create their shows, guiding them through the production process, and I keep them focused on recording content while managing the rest of their show's needs. People love that value proposition, by the way. You are welcome to use it if you would like. And then I might go into it and say, I work a lot with coaches and trainers who are wanting to connect and educate their target audience through podcasting, etc., etc., etc. Usually in that part of the description, my second paragraph, I will actually outline who it is that I serve and how I'm unique and how that applies to them. But also I will say that I'm able to deliver on whatever it is I know they are wanting, how I deliver on the pain point that they may have. Oh, I want to connect with so many people about this topic, or I really want someone who can just take over the project for me and let me just focus on recording. Well, in that case, that second paragraph would probably say, I help new podcasters navigate the production process and stay focused on recording. It's an opportunity for me in the description to describe it, not just as a podcast, but to describe it as me solving a problem that I know they have. And then I usually go ahead and just at the end of the description, I include a point where I say this proposal is based off of my conversation with blank. That way they know if I'm sending the proposal maybe to the head of a company, but I've been talking to a rep this whole time, they know that everything they're about to see is based off of the conversation I had with so-and-so. They know to get in touch with so-and-so if they have a question. They know that if Maybe I have some information wrong as far as what they're needing that they can ask so-and-so to keep themselves up to date as well. It just kind of lets everyone know where the conversation's been going and who's been involved so far. After this step, I go ahead and I have a project objectives section. This is for me on the same page, but it doesn't have to be. But on here, I go ahead and I outline everything that they're going to be getting from a bird's eye view. They're going to be getting tech support. They are going to be saving time in the process. They are going to have a single source that they can go to for all of their production needs, which is me. They're going to have a show with quality audio or quality video and just whatever I can put in here to make it relevant to them. It's usually what I'm doing. After that, I start going into what the actual packages are that they will be receiving. For me, this is a completely different page. And by the way, I will have a link to just kind of a guide that I use that outlines the same 
proposal process that that I use, so, and you are welcome to use it. Go ahead, follow the link in the show notes down below. But on this next page, I will go ahead and outline what the packages are. For me, I have two main packages that I offer, one for launching or onboarding a show and one for just maintaining. And those have different price points and they also have different offerings. For example, if they're launching a podcast, there's a lot of different things that go into that registering with different platforms and and putting together an RSS feed or setting up an RSS feed with a host. Whereas maintaining a show, well, that's just basic editing. I say basic, not all edits are basic. I know that. But also that's me just keeping up with the month to month activities that go into creating a podcast. So those are priced at different points because there's different amounts of time that go into those specific tasks those specific packages. One note when you are making your individual packages that go on your proposal, make sure that somewhere you have outlined what the timetable is. I go ahead and I say for a launch, they have 90 days to get everything on their end ready after their first payment clears for us to go ahead and go through with the launch. Otherwise, we're going to have a problem and I've run out of time and I either need to charge them more because I know for a fact if they draw out the process then I am spending more time than what I've estimated to make the show happen or if they're just needing a rough outline of what kind of timetable they need to be on that's there right in front of them. If it's something that's a month-to-month package where it's going to be regular, I still include something that regards to time, and I just outline it that this is a monthly package. You will get a monthly invoice for as long as you are wanting to have this package, and that's something that they also appreciate. Another page or section that you should have in your proposal is something that actually goes into detail on what each of the services are that you offer. So let's say, for example, I have in my maintenance package that I am going to do editing and mastering for X number of episodes each month. Well, some people might want a more in-depth understanding of what goes into editing and mastering and publishing and mixing. So I'll have another page where I actually go in depth where I talk about, so this is what goes into editing. You will have a professionally handled, edited, and mixed audio file that will be uploaded all by me. And everything will be managed by me. And Isaac is great because he can do these editing things. And I Just give them a short summary of what it is they're going to get with that specific service from that package. The reason I do this is because on a proposal, the goal, at least as I understand it, is to make this as short a document as it can be, as concise as it can be, and as clear as it can be. And you do not get that right on the first try. Believe me. Or maybe you've been doing this for a while and and you already know how to put some of these things together. But having a separate page where you are able to go into a little bit more detail on what each of these tasks are that come with the package allows you to have more space on the page where your package is going to be outlined. Again, if you want to refer to the outline that I've put together, I've done my best to kind of cover all my bases when it comes to the questions that have been asked for each of the services that I offer, and maybe that's something that'll help you. Another thing that I like to include somewhere is just a list of what it is they're going to be needing. Not everything that goes into a podcast concerning cost is covered just by my package. So as a result, they might need to know that 
they need to buy a plan for a host if they don't want to use Anchor. And if they don't want to use Anchor, my recommended source or host would be Buzzsprout. And Buzzsprout's basic plan is $12 a month. So in addition to X amount to work with Isaac per month, you also need to budget an extra 12 bucks to maintain the host. And that's something that they're going to want to know before they agree to hire you. Otherwise, you're going to have a really awkward conversation when they ask, well, why do I have to pay more money? No one likes having that conversation or being on either end of that conversation, believe me. Another section that would be worth including in your proposal would be something about additional services. For example, not all of my clients want guest management, but some really, really do. And so instead of including that for all of my proposals, I go ahead and have an a la carte item where they can go in and select which additional services they would like to buy from Isaac on a monthly retainer. And that's worked pretty well for me. I'm able to keep things segmented so they know that this is going to be additional to whatever package that they purchase. And they know that this is not going to be something that will be included in the package that they might buy, whether it's the launch or the maintenance. And they got to be okay with that. They have no room left to assume that Isaac's just going to take care of all their guests. Well, no, you didn't buy that package. It's, it's a way to kind of segment what it is that you'll be doing and not doing and making sure you still get what your time is worth. A couple other things that might be worth including in your proposal might be something about payment. When it is you expect to be paid, when these periods are, do you expect them to pay in advance at the beginning of the month while you're working through the rest of the month or are you comfortable working through the month and then sending them an invoice at the end and getting paid then? Personally, I try to get paid ahead of time, but there are some clients that I've built a really good relationship with, and I'm fine with being paid at the end of the agreed amount of time. It just comes down to what you're comfortable with, but you need to make sure that you are including that information somewhere in the proposal. Another section that you might want to include, I would actually highly encourage you to include, is something that talks about you. And I don't mean where you grew up and where you're from. I mean who you are as a professional. For example, I go into my radio background. I go into some of the shows that I've specialized in working with or, or clients that I've specialized in working with. I also have a contact section where they can get a hold of me in case they lose my email or my phone number. And I also make sure that I include links to other shows that I've worked on or other items in my portfolio. This is something that I wear with a badge of honor because I'm really excited to display some of the different pieces that I've worked on. But also... The freelance world is a little bit different than the W-2 world. I don't always go in with a sheet of references. More often than not, I go in with a sheet of portfolio. And on there are the links that go to the different people that I've worked with and have really enjoyed my work and I think they have great shows. And also the people who will vouch for me. The people who I know if they get called or if they get an email and it's someone asking, who's this Isaac guy and is he any good? They will have my back and help me land that gig. 
that is about it for the proposal. I know I went through this really, really fast. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find my email and a link to my LinkedIn down in the show notes below. Be more than happy to connect with you and also go over where you're at when it comes to your proposal. Again, I also have a link down below that goes to an outline of the proposal I've made and that I use. I highly encourage you to use it for inspiration if you would like. The only thing I ask is that you find a way to change it and make it unique to you guys hope you've enjoyed the show be sure you are subscribed if you're not subscribed yet if you like the show and would like to help leave a review wherever it is that you are listening and i'll talk to you really really soon